remember, worship is about fellowship. And so this becomes the deep motivation for evangelism, which, by the way, it also means that we do more than just evangelize, more than just professions of salvation. There has to be discipleship and instruction so people can worship in what? They can worship what they know in spirit and in truth. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today, we continue our study with Dr. Shaw on the subject of worship. The Lord has much to say throughout the Bible about how we are to worship Him with our hearts, not just our outward ceremonies, by remembering what He has done for us and by seeking the Lord and listening to what He says. Today, Dr. Shaw brings us more of a message titled, Jesus on Worship, Part 1 as we study what our Lord Jesus himself had to say about the subject of worship. Let's listen. Here's our teacher picking things up by talking about where we worship the Lord, which was a topic that came up as Jesus was talking to a Samaritan woman about where they believed they were supposed to worship. God is everywhere. You say, oh, Pastor Saul, I'm so glad that you said that. So, you mean I could worship God in my deer blind, you know, my tree stand with my gun laying across? Or I can worship God in my boat on Sunday? Praise the Lord! I've been looking for some preacher to finally say that. Because I've been saying it for years. Oh, no, no, just a second. Just a second. The Bible also says, forsake not the assembling, assembling yourselves together as the manner of some is. The point isn't where, it's with whom and to whom we're gathering together with God's people and we're worshiping God together. We'll, we'll see this and the importance of this. So the, the place itself, whether we worship in this room or in nine months we go to that room or whether, whether at some point in the future we worship together with Him in glory or God moves you to the other side of the world and you worship with believers there or like where I was last week in, in Queens, New York on this, this, this old converted building and worshiping with, with believers there. The place doesn't matter and that's what they were arguing. It's interesting how Satan gets us arguing over the wrong things. God is a spirit and he can receive worship from anywhere. Let's take a look at the next principle, and that is this. True worship must be intelligent. He says here, verse 22, You worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Now here's what he was saying. You 
worship, but you don't even know who you worship. You don't know anything about God or what God expects because they had long abandoned the Word of God. They had long abandoned the Old Testament Scriptures. The Jews who are worshiping in Jerusalem at this time were pouring over every detail of the Old Testament Scriptures, trying to make sure that they were going, you know, doing everything exactly right. He says, they have a concept of who God is, but you have no concept of who God is. So here here is the principle, and that is this. You must know what or whom you worship. Ignorant worship is not worship. Now let me just couch that just a second. There is grace for innocence, innocent ignorance. What I mean by that is a brand new believer hardly knows anything wanting to worship God, starting to grow in grace, little children worshiping who do not understand the theological intricacies of who God is and what God is. I, I understand that. And God understands that. There is, there is grace for innocent worship. But there is a rejection here, a willful ignorance in other words, I, we're just going to worship how we want, and we're going to ignore the Word of God, and we're going to ignore the principles of the Word of God, and we're going to ignore what God wants, and we're simply going to enjoy worshiping, which we'll get to in just a moment, which is why. So, so we, we have this particular principle. How do you apply that, apply that principle in a local context? This is why we do the themed worship that we do. Today, the theme in our worship was Jehovah, Jehovah Nissi. Now, why, why are we doing that? And why we put a lot of effort into making a choice for every week. And we, we work three months in advance, laying out all of these themes. And then a group of us getting together and talking about them and talking about how to introduce those. So it was three months ago, we were talking about using, you know, some sort of object lesson to talk about God, our banner, and the, and the things that God uses. Um, in fact, I, I had to change it a little bit. I used five smooth stones this morning because I couldn't find the jawbone of a donkey, you know. I know where one is out in the desert, but the smell of it would be in this room would have driven you away. But, you know, I would love to have used that particular object lesson. But, but what, are we, what are we trying to do in worship? What we're trying to do is make worship intelligent and give you an understanding of who God is so you know who you're worshiping. So when we come and we sing about God being our help and God being our hope, and, and when we sing these, we're not singing them where the words are just going in, you know, you know, in our eyes and out our mouths, but it's not, it's not registering. We want to know the God that we worship. And that knowledge is not just an intellectual knowledge. It's a relationship knowledge. But you understand, you do have to have an intellectual knowledge to have a relationship knowledge, right? Husbands? Let me just explain something to you, right? Okay, I'll just explain something to you. First Peter says, dwell with your wives according to knowledge. Why is that? Because you can't have a relationship with her without trying to get to know her, right? Which means, oh boy, am I going to... Which means you have to listen to her, Right? And it means you have to learn about her and find out what she likes and what she doesn't like and what, what makes her happy and what makes her fearful and what's going on in her life and all of those various types of things because knowing about her is about, no, is you have to know about her to know her. And 
And see, worship is a relationship between God's people and God. And that relationship we saw from the very beginning is made possible by the image of God in man so that we have ability to have communion or fellowship with Him. And so worship must be intelligent. And that intelligence isn't just... That intelligence is about God Himself. And so there's a rejection of willful ignorance... In fact, ignorant worship leads to sinful false worship, and that is exactly what happened with the Samaritans all the way back when they were the northern tribe, northern kingdom of Israel under Jeroboam. It led to false worship. So folks, it isn't just about showing up and doing what feels good. It isn't about just showing up and doing what makes me happy. It's about knowing God, and that's what we want to be doing here. So true worship must be intelligent. True worship must be spiritual. Take a look. And I want you to notice two words, and these two words go together. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, most of the time you'll hear this, you'll hear somebody say, well, you have the spirit on the one side, and you have the truth on the other. And the spirit is about the emotion, and truth is about the intellect. I don't think that's exactly what it's saying. I do think we have to worship according to knowledge, but he's already said that in the text. We've already covered that. The idea here, spirit, is not the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the spirit of man. We're worshiping in our spirit. In other words, it, this isn't just outward rituals that we're going through. It's not good enough for me to flap my lips to make the words of the songs that I sing. There's something, there ought to be something going on in the depths of my heart in my life. I'm worshiping in my spirit, the spirit of the person. But then there's in truth. Now, what does in truth mean? You say, well, that's theological truth. I don't think that that actually is talking about theological truth. I think that was earlier in the text. It's a correct truth. But I think what he's talking about here is the idea of in truthfulness or in sincerity. Does that make sense? In his spirit and in... So, in spirit and in sincerity... In other words, it's not just being about being intellectually right. It's about being properly, rightly motivated in my everyday worship. So you don't just come because, well, that's what we do. We get up on Sunday morning. And that's kind of what our family does. We get up on Sunday morning, we come to church, and we sit there. We sing the songs, and the preacher, you know, he preaches that message, and he keeps going forever and ever and ever. And finally he finishes, and then we go home. And then we can eat something nice at home and watch a ball game or something like that. Um, go watch the Cardinals lose. Because they're now the, they're the longest drought in major sports history without a championship, our Arizona Cardinals. But that goes all the way back. Anyway, what's, the idea here is in sincerity. So true worship must be spiritual. Combined terms speak of inner genuineness. Inner genuineness. Dr. Shaw will be back with more on what Jesus said about true, authentic, and acceptable worship. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study on the subject of worship and more of a message today called Jesus on Worship, Part 1. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. You can link to the church at daretostand.org. 
Here's Dr. Shaw to talk a little about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw. And if you or someone you love needs addiction recovery, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church. And now, let's get back to our study as Dr. Shaw tells us more of what Jesus described as true worship from John chapter 4. Here's our teacher. True worship must be God-focused. Notice he said, But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers worship the Father. True worship must be God-focused. Now, it says worship the Father. It's, it's not about the practice. It's very important for us to understand. We have you know, the worship wars. Do we have traditional worship or contemporary worship or edgy worship or mixed worship? Or what kind of all this? In fact, I don't even like to use, people will say, well, you do tra- traditional worship. I don't like to use that term traditional because we don't do what we do because we've always done it. That's a bad reason to do something. We're doing what we do because we because we believe it's Bible-focused and Bible-based, okay? And so uh, if, if we've always done it wrong, then we shouldn't continue to do it wrong. Does that make sense? So b- because what happens is when we start saying traditional is just what we do, then it means that we just do the thing that's oldest-sounding regardless of thinking it through. It's an easy way to come to a conclusion or a practice, but it's not necessarily accurate. And so... It's, but here, it's not about the practice. It's about the object of worship. There was all this debate going on in churches years ago. You know, okay, we're going to have worship, but we're going to have... The idea was performance-oriented worship. And the worship, it was... Some churches, they said, we don't even worship. We just have the preacher. But the preacher was the performer. You know, everybody came to watch the preacher preach. And I, I think a preacher ought to be interesting and all of that, but he's not like a star, you know, the focus should be God, not the preacher. And so, or sometimes it's musicians and you have these ex- excellent, famous musicians and everybody gets together and they watch what's, it's like going to a concert and it's performance-based worship, performance-focused worship. Then there was this new movement, that came, oh, it's going to be participation-focused worship in which we're all going to gather around and go hold hands and do various things and, and you know and and we're all going to walk out we're going to feel good and you know and the 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 spotlight has been on us and that's a problem too it's the focus is up here the focus is down here where should the focus be up there and you can be wrong about worship Using any of the styles, you can be as traditional as the day is long and be all about performance focus. So what has to matter the most 
when we come here on Sunday morning is, are we focused upon God with our minds, with our hearts? And when we walk out, it shouldn't be, wow, I really love that service today. It should be. Now, sometimes we say that because we just say it out of habit. But what we should walk out and say, I really believe God was pleased with that today. And of course, that should please me that He was pleased. So it's not like we shouldn't be pleased with worship, but what should please us is that He is pleased. You know, um, there's the Christmas is coming and you get a present for your grandkids. And there are sometimes, you know, you buy this toy or something that when you were a kid, you really loved and you're really excited about it and you give it to them and they look at it and they go, huh, and they throw it away. Now, you're really pleased with it, but they're not pleased with it. But the real wonderful thing is when you're pleased with it, but you're pleased with it because they're pleased with it. Does that make sense? We should be pleased with worship because He is pleased with it. And so it's about the object of worship. You say, well, then worship style doesn't matter. Well, yes, it does, but it's the object. It's God that determines the style, not us. The problem is often that we leave God out of the equation. And so true worship must be God-focused. True worshipers are desired. Next principle Jesus has here. He says, for the Father, the end of verse 23, seeks such to worship Him. God is looking for worshipers. That's an incredible thought, is it not? God wants people to worship Him. See, um, normally we think of our motivation for heaven and our motivation for uh, evangelism as we are going to get, keep as many people as possible from going to hell and have as many as people as possible go to heaven. And certainly that's a consequence of evangelism. But this deeper theological motivation is we want to multiply worshipers so that God will be glorified through the worship of people that He has redeemed and saved, those people for whom Jesus Christ died, for whom He gave His life so that, that they might worship Him. You say, well, what is God some sort of cosmic egomaniac that has, that has to have more and more worshipers to satisfy? No, 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 no. God is not insecure. He doesn't need us to survive. Remember, worship is about fellowship. And so this becomes the deep motivation for evangelism, which, by the way, it also means that we do more than just evangelize, more than just professions of salvation. There has to be discipleship and instruction so people can worship in what? They can worship what they know in spirit and in truth. And so it, it gives a fully orbed idea, concept to what we're supposed to be doing as believers. True worshipers are desired. And then the last principle is this. We'll finish with this. True worship is complete in Christ. So Jesus says, or so he says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Then we go to verse 25. And she says, well, yeah, you know what you know and you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe. And how many of you heard this? Let's agree to disagree. Yeah, and let's, just, just, let's just agree to disagree. And uh, she says, listen, I know this. The Messiah is going to come someday. And when Messiah, who's called the Christ, has come to come someday, he'll tell us the real truth. And Jesus looked at her and he said, I'm him. I, right now, that am speaking to thee, am he. In other words, and, and so what he does is he brings this whole discussion of worship to its conclusion and its final focus.
The one who determines how the principles of worship is the one who is also the object of worship. So the debate about how worship should be done, well, Jesus is the answer to that. Jesus is the final word. I mean, you can have your opinion, and I can have my opinion, and we could argue back and forth until the end, but if Jesus was standing here, what He says goes, right? And I might be right, and you might be wrong. Or you might be right, and I might be wrong. Or we both might be wrong. But Jesus is the completion of the argument. But Jesus is also the focus of the worship. Because in the end, it was coming back to the God-shaped hole that was in the heart of this woman. Five husbands, and something was wrong with each one. You would think people, someone who's been through that situation, they just keep saying, you know, I just keep making bad choices. Why do I always end up with the bad husbands? Jesus was ministering the truth to the woman at the well, and one of those truths was that she was making sinful choices about how she was conducting her personal life. Jesus has a way of dealing with our personal choices. Perhaps we need to be like this woman and take an honest look at how we are living. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m., Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m., and Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to Dr. Shaw's teaching, please visit our website, find out more about this program, and you can support Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount on our secure website at daretostand.org. We gladly offer free MP3 copies of Dr. Shaw's teaching, and we would be honored to minister to you personally and help you in any way we can please call the church at 623-581-3115 today. Join us for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. You can also listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same station. I'm Celeste Montague. Join us again next time as we continue our study on the subject of worship and what Jesus had to say about it. Now, here's Dr. Shaw with a final thought to share about owning up to our poor choices. 
like the woman at the well did with Jesus. Thanks for listening with us today on Dare to Stand. Why do I always end up with the bad jobs and the bad bosses in my life never, and never seem to take responsibility for the fact that, wait a minute, maybe there's something wrong with me. And there was something deeply wrong with her. There was a God-shaped hole in her life that she tried to fill with all kinds of things that were the wrong shape or the wrong size.